Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mark. Now you're allowed to be funny. Now you're allowed okay. to be funny. The okay, funny well, shackles are okay. unleashed. I, I, I should say that I've I was already recording, and so uh, when it got to the point when which we hit record, my body went. Uh, wait, uh, uh, wait. All right, focus up, focus up. Mark's coming. Mark's coming. Don't fuck this up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, we're good. We're in there. Nathan, when you come to the United States. Yes. We have to, there's a tier list of fast casual establishments that we feel you must contra- enjoy. Understood. To- I didn't realize this was a tier list, Liz. Um, mm. As somebody who does not really partake in the fast casual uh, uh, lifestyle, you're going to have to walk me through. Well, first, first, let me get out my notepads because there's clearly a lot of information that I need to take in. <laughs> All right, so Ormar, you have a 12 in intellect, which would give you three of the D8 size. Um, wow. Do that. All right, um, so I'm going to roll the challenge dice first and roll Jonnet's. All right. Jonnet, you got a success and a complication. And Ormar, holy cow, Ormar has... Two successes and one opportunity mm. uh, about the situation. So uh, what that means – so this is about serratoras generally speaking, right? Mm-hmm. It, so the, I think the question was kind of like, oh, do, do, the ch- do the church kind of acknowledge all the stuff that they previously did? Are they still trying to keep that stuff going but on the down low? So uh, the thing that you know about the church, I think uh, Jonnet, like – there's probably in your like in Acheron, there were maybe a few folks who were faithful to the Church of the Slain God. Um, the church is a religion that traveled like even before the stars fell, whatever religion that eventually became the Church of the Slain God, like the Church of the Sovereign. Uh, that was a church that spent a lot of time on ships and trying to convert people in new ports. Um after uh the stars fell once sky ships became a big thing like and especially after the mariner emerged there was a big push from uh the church to like fortify power so people who have traveled have some kind of familiarity with the church um and whether that is folks who lived in your town or folks who passed through acheron you picked up some things i feel like there's maybe just like a small nugget where it's like growing up i think 
the way that adults, whether they whether they were religious or not, after a certain point, it just became a wide like phrase. Um, where it's like adults would like scold kids that are acting up. Where it's like, boy, if you don't calm down, you're gonna find yourself in a saratura. Mm-hmm. All right. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yep. You just. I, I feel I feel like I could hear bees <laughs> <laughs> delivering Doing that. that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the way that the uh, church is organized, uh, there are three leaders of the church. The highest position in the church is called a vox, uh, the voice of the slain sovereign. Um, and there are currently on Sphere three active voxes, um, and they sort of debate and vie for power. So while Jonnet, you know, understands the church, probably only understands the church of like his home re- uh, region, which would be uh, the Vox uh, Curo or, or, or Core. Uh, the Vox Cure, uh, that is the Vox that covers like most of the mainland and most of the rediscovered world. Yeah. Uh, so like they are, you know, who most people would consider the de facto leader of the church. Oromar rolled really well. Mm-hmm. Oromar has some kind of like knowledge of the church as a political force and figure. But there is also a uh, Vox Iltesta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vox Iltesta is the basically uh, the Vox of what would be the Vatican City. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, the Vox who controls most of the church's finances, um, who controls most of the church's uh, like, you know, artifacts of the world before the stars fell. Um, and who is heavily invested in like scriptures and curios and and things like that. Uh, but they are kind of like a bureaucratic arm to the church. Uh, unless you are in that city itself, you don't see or hear much from them. Uh, Mm -hmm. but they do have quite a bit of power and influence simply because they're sitting on top of the treasury and sitting on top of like so many sacred and holy artifacts. Uh, finally, there is Vox Anima, which is the Vox uh, that is uh, that controls most of the ships that mm-hmm. are controlled by the church. Um, any ship that is under the church con- church's control is technically under the direct control of Vox Anima. However, uh, they are loaned out to the other like wings of the church so that they can move about like uh, Vox Vox Curo or Cure mm, Cure. Uh, boy, I really should figure out how to spe- say that word, huh? Cure. <laughs> um, cure. Cure. Okay. Yeah. So Vox Cure. Um, that uh, that box is like probably what controls most of like the uh, the the various like cornos and uh, uh, other priests that are like around various regions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is all lent out by this uh, vox anima who controls most of the ships, mm-hmm. and that vox directly oversees the church, pushing the boundaries of what is considered the rediscovered world. They will actually send out ships into. To mm-hmm. undiscovered regions and try to land them in 
you know, towns and villages that are not part of regular Red Feather like routes, or maybe have never even seen a skyship and make an effort to adopt and uh, bring that place into the influence of the church. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So you've got those three voxes, and you know they agree on a few things and disagree on infinitely more. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the thing that I think, like, with the role that Oromar got, you know there are, like, three levels of canon uh, that the church, uh, <laughs> it, like— has this is essentially um myths and law that they've set and how many of those groups actually mutually agree on something and there's only a handful that all three agree on and mostly it's just one or two or individuals from a single one yeah Mm. yeah so so there's there's massimo maggiore and minore Mm. um uh, so massimo is anything that all three voxes agree on Mm -hmm. which there are extremely few of those Mm. it's Whatever is in uh, the the path of the slain sovereign, like, or the path of sovereignty, which is like the core biblical entry, um, that is mostly agreed upon. There is maggiore, which is anything that is agreed upon by two of the voxes, mm-hmm. and minore, anything that only one fucking vox believes. Um, so I believe one of those voxes will be like, yes. Uh, we used to we used to operate these things, um, and roughly this is what they did. And the other two deny that those things like Ugh. existed or like redirect away okay. from it or whatever, mm-hmm. or go that's really not important. So the kind of dealing with you needing to give us alms right now. The million bit question that. right now then is uh, which of the three voxes is the one that's like yeah. Yeah, we had those. We did them. Yeah, because that might uh, we. I I I don't think uh, Gable has highlighted that. Hey, this place is super abandoned because I killed everyone. Um, <laughs> so don't worry about it. It's fine, but I, I think Oromar is currently thing thinking like, okay, if we land there, if there are people still there, which is unlikely, but hey, what kind of resources they're gonna have? And that is partially based on what they were doing and which one of the Voxes was in charge of it. Because Vox Anima, the one that deals themselves with transport, are probably going to have the most airship goods around on site. All right. Um, then I think, uh, like, you rolled really well. If you want it to be Vox Anima, yes, please. You can have it be Vox Anima. Yeah, I think yeah. I, especially since this place is so remote, shipping people out here is its own concerted effort. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, th- this this territory w- would have been operated by Vox Anima. Um, although, man, maybe it was operated by like what became Vox Anima because I I will need to consult uh the documents that we had. But this place might predate sky shipping. Mm. Um, in which case, it might sort of predate Vox Anima existing um at all. Mm. Uh, but. Like, I think what it will have is no matter what, however this would have been operated, it would be a place where people are prepared for travel um, and prepared to, like, you know, survive long trips. Like, they would need whatever supplies to get people there, and they would be constantly bringing in supplies to, like, maintain the facility and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll give you that. Okay. 
Suratura. Okay, so that's going to mean, he says now, rubbing his hand through his beard, thinking uh, with his mittened hand, um, <laughs> that there's a decent chance that this might be before any real Skyship-specific supplies. But there will be stuff that will help transport, at the very least, warm clothes for everyone. Um, we... Uh, it's been a, a long time since the Uhuru went to such a cold climate, and not everybody's going to be prepared for that. Jonet raises his hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that boat. Uh, I, <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? I don't think any of my clothes will fit you, unfortunately. Well, I'm, I'm just saying for the time being. There's a hesitation and a sigh. Fine. I think I have a cloak in here. Uh, rummaging around. Yes. It's too big. This is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. This What's is it look like, though? Too oh, gosh. Uh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. How many times does he have to roll the sleeve? Um, ah, I, I think this is a proper kind of, like, big metal neck clasp kind of deal, and the weight of the cloth mm. holds it around your body yes. properly. Oh, So yes. gotcha. it just gotcha. means that it's just it's just trailing on the ground like this. Uh, you could probably hitch it up and use your belt to kind of raise the bottom of it around, but you now have a very billowy midsection holding yes. it all together. <laughs> I like Jonathan's eyes are like barely peeking above like where all the fabric is gathered up on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think at this point there's no uh there's no like crossing wires. Jonet knows he looks silly, <laughs> but he's like it's more of like an indignant standing of like I'm making this work for the time being. Mm-hmm. Everyone shut up. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> shut up. I'm warm. <laughs> yes. And uh, I believe uh, please return that once you manage to find something more appropriate. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. So cozy. And I, I believe this is the perfect time. Oromar, as Jonnet is like hitching up the cloak and getting it situated, you glance down like at, at the map that has been unfurled on the table. And next to it, there is like the notebook, uh, Jonnet's Star Watcher notebook that you have guided him mm-hmm. through using and whatnot. And you can see his equations on the notebook. And you, who have been star watching for quite some time Mm -hmm. notice something in Jonathan's equations that he who is so focused on your location might not have noticed and once again i have three luminaries you can choose left right and center Ooh, left please that's interesting it is the tide okay that's Um, not one i know the tide cycles shifting fortunes and change your fortunes are about to shift to the opposite of what they have been a lucky soul will face misfortune a wretch will find riches in the face of the tide self-reflection is critical in order to avoid unforeseen troubles a person who fancies themselves unfortunate may find themselves suddenly without something they took for granted the tide represents a change in your fortunes um and what you notice is the conclusion that the equations that Jonet uh would like went through would have about time and how much time has passed while you were in the forest mm. and for like Nathan this is entirely in your hands <laughs> whatever the answer is 
represents a kind of like balancing answer mm-hmm. to whatever uh, the luck the Uhuru is having yeah. as you see it. F- from a GM's perspective, mm-hmm. I would say you've probably had bad luck. I would, I would, I would argue mm-hmm. that being lost in the Queen's mm-hmm. forests and subjected to her torments could be bad luck. So yeah, like- this could be extremely fortunate for you but uh yeah i i think i think um just just the kind of mythology it would cause if an entire crew of people just vanished overnight for an entire year they just vanished it's not long enough where they have vanished into apocrypha but it is long enough where people have probably stopped expecting them to immediately oh. return. It's like Yo. so complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like nobody, unless there's been some very specific circumstances, it is unlikely that any major named characters, for example, have died or run into any major accidents unless we want that to happen. <laughs> but they have probably moved on in their lives without us because we've been gone that long. Oh, no. Oh, okay. There are a number of people in all of our plot lines that have been like, they're gone? Yeah, that's right. They died? <laughs> oh, no. Gosh. That's going to wow. make the retroactive anger at Travis so much worse. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Goddamn year. Wendell Some, was getting was married. about to go get married and has <laughs> been... <laughs> no, and that's, that's kind I of a balancing. That's sort of like a balancing of the bad luck that we <laughs> this, uh, this. I guess it could have been so much worse. It could have been ten years. Uh, so yeah, no, no, no. I don't think it needed to be. You know, because then, because the other, the uh, there are there are three answers that I could give, um, and the two that I didn't pick are like back in time enough where we could potentially interfere with the like erasure of the Bandari people mm. or far enough ahead in the future where the tech is different. And both of those are fun things to do, but I think the emotional core of it moving on and other people having to handle the fact that we're not here is more, I think, directly relevant to the story without throwing it for yeah. a second. Wow. wow. That is wild. Okay. Dang. Okay. I I love it. I am accepting it. Uh, this is good. So yeah, you notice just like you do the math in your head like that, seeing what the equations imply and how the calendar and rotations of sphere would have moved. It is a year in the future from when you made port at Acheron. This is a day after Jonnet's 17th birth. No! Uh, Orimar, like, sees your notebook and goes, while we have a moment before we re- reconvene with everybody else, how has your star-watching duties been going? Uh, and kind it's... of, like, picking up somebody's diary and taking a look through it without asking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think uh, Jonnet immediately clocks this. This suddenly became, like... This suddenly became like a, a a questionnaire, an interview, and he's like, "The captain is grilling me. He does this from time to time. He wants me to like show my work." Um, and mm. so he's like, "Well," um, and so he immediately like kind of like t- 
tightens up and becomes like the best version of like a good student. It's like, well, I, I over here, um, you could see that I I I, I tracked um, this star, and you know, uh, we were we were on course, and it, it lines up pretty pretty well, and which is also. Uh, I sent a, a feather to my sister. Would it, it would explain why it's been taking so long? Because we've traveled, we've been transported so far, and so. But it's pretty airtight. Um, hmm. And then he's he's it's like it's pretty airtight, and you can feel the ellipses as he like looks to you for confirmation. <laughs> yeah, because that you you are now getting a range of expression in Oromar's face to catch his emotional state that you didn't get before. Mm-hmm. And throughout this entire conversation, his brow has been furrowing more and more and more. And <laughs> you might even be reading it as a kind of like, oh no, I'm doing it wrong. right. So uh, yeah, so the that that airtight is one thousand percent a question. So so when you uh-huh. think about it, it's pretty airtight. Hmm. Well, if I'm, well, if what you've written down here is truly accurate, happy birthday, Jonathan Kessler. Uh, th- thank you. I, I, I love, I love celebrating a a second day of birthday. Um, ah, well. It's not the same birthday that you were celebrating from our perspective a day ago. What? If you look here, and yeah, John um, tucks in and is like looking wide-eyed. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh And I, I think he he flips over a page and is and is kind of like, so this is how the sky should look like mm-hmm. on your birthday. I know you had other concerns and weren't looking up at the sky. I was, I was, means... che- I was checking it out. John, it lies. <laughs> you don't need to. I, you were going through a lot. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this would have been the sky on your birthday, and this is the sky now. An entire year has passed. So, we were in there for a year with i and and then he kind of like looks up he he like gives like a very exasperated sigh Ugh. and then he looks up at the captain and is like how are you calm when these things happen how are you always so calm you his face is implacable but you get to actually look in his eyes and eyes that have a soul behind them now, rather than just being a part of a normal human face. And there is, I think now you can tell when the captain is thinking, Mm. before you could just guess, because that's all what he did. But he is clearly uh, processing the ramifications of a list of things that would be relevant to... Uh, a year passing and all he says is we need to check in on a lot of people but we can't do that if we're too cold to travel uh, okay uh okay so we all and then he kind of like gestures like the motions to the entire ship like so we we've all got things to check up on uh, I <sighs> James, 
in our kind of like yearly service of the Uhuru, because part of our business is obviously going to settlements and picking up orphans or letting orphans mm -hmm. pursue career. Is that a scheduled thing for us? I don't think so. I kind of think okay. the way the Uhuru works is you pass through places and while mm. you are docked, like one of Spit's duties is makes like sees if there's anybody that the ship can care for um the arrivals and departures as it were yeah sure. yeah okay good because if there are a group of people that were waiting for us to show up and we just didn't that and would be awful and their uh, tracks are us, just like well where's my kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this is the time that the Uhuru normally comes and picks up people so I can have a life for myself, and they just don't mm. show. But thankfully, that's not a thing we have to worry about. Just all the other social relationships that we have that we've just, I've, against our will, but had I, abandoned, also, we which can, is great. <laughs> we can have it in the back of our minds that somewhere on Sphere, there is like a a disgruntled parent who's like, man, I'm about to put you on the Uhuru to come in two months. I'm going to put you on the Uhuru. And, and he's still checking his timepiece and it's not happening. That same old and apocryphal, he, mm. like, they're, they're going to get you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to mm -hmm. die so that you're an orphan and you have to go on the Uhuru. <laughs> That'll Ooh, show you. Ooh, I'm going to get you some. Mm. You're going to learn some kind of lesson. I think. <laughs> Whatever it is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, there's a kind of like, at the very least, we don't have any, um, we're not late for any particular schedules. You don't have a 17th birthday celebration that you do back home. No, still a man. It's still holding, still, still tracks. <laughs> uh, uh, so Good. I'm glad that license doesn't need to be renewed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should, we're going to have to call a meeting with everybody on the ship they all deserve to know our circumstances yeah and i think so he's like john says yeah and then there's a beat and it's like i'll i'll start i'll start i'll start doing that and so he goes to leave and then he stops and he turns back and he's like so am i actually 17 like at I, it's, it's like leave. you're asking the wrong person about age Jonet kessler yep yep all right uh and so he there's you, no one in Jonathan's life that he can talk to about aging normal normally. aging yeah <laughs> truly. so when you're 18 well when i was 210 that's similar that's not what to what I said. you were going that's not what i said okay that's not what i said but similar. <laughs> all i want is one role model who ages at one year per year i can't i don't have that i don't know what you're talking about couldn't be me <laughs> Who is she? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Time? Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess um, we go through a process of, of uh, kind of, I, I feel like maybe we could jump through that where it's just like we, mm. we gather everyone, we have the meeting, we sort of inform uh, the crew of our current situation. And then I think there's there's like a... I think we might actually play out the, the meeting itself, but I do Great. like skipping mm. to it. All right, cool. Where, where do we normally hold our meetings, our group meetings on the Uhuru? Because I guess we had the funeral near the furnace. Yeah, yeah. The the furnace, the... like the furnaces, would be on the the top deck. That is how mm. the Uhuru is designed. Um, but you don't need to meet there, especially when it is like 
really cold wherever you are. Mm. I feel like that's that's something where Jonnet reflexively goes to gather the crew on the top deck, and it's like, actually, no, this that sounds awful. Where do we go? Is there not room where the heart bell is? Sure I think is. around the heart bell is a good secondary meeting place. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I am going to... Hmm. I'll... Uh, you know what? I'm going to put this uh, once again in Nathan's hands. Uh, I've got okay. three luminaries out here, left, right, or center. What? What? Let's go for the middle one this time. Center. The river. No one takes it well. <laughs> no, this is interesting. Like, the river is uh, destruction, challenge, and separation. And mm-hmm. the primary thing about this is... At great risk, you could receive great reward. I kind of think like one thing that we know based on the very early episodes of Skyjacks is that Oromar retrofitted the Uhuru to have an aviary aboard it. That mm-hmm. for most of the Uhuru's like existence as a skyship, it did not have the bird stables. Um, but Oromar like changed it out so that the ship could accommodate griffins um and i believe like in my mind that is directly related to oromar's i'm going to go find uh the the crown of the sovereign like Mm -hmm. mission it's like i am making changes to this ship so that we can accomplish this extremely specific task for my big plan and what the river signifies to me is that there are other changes that Oromar could have made to the ship in order to fulfill that very specific mission. And I'm going to offer to you, uh, uh, Nathan, mm-hmm. I'm going to say there are three major changes. One of them will have been the Griffin Stable. And mm-hmm. the other one could be something that would help the Uhuru in this very specific s- situation. And if you would like to spend that now, I will allow you to do that, and I will tell you Mm. what it was. Otherwise, um, we can just say, you meet gathered around the heart bell, and everybody is, like, huddling for warmth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, okay. Oh, no, this makes sense. So, uh, we recently established that there are baths uh, in the kind of bathroom expanse. Yes. Which would require pipe work. Yes. To be able to work properly. And I think as we gather in the Heartbell area, uh, Oromar uh, says to the crew, We have some important things that we need to go over, but first, I realize that everybody is going to be freezing. Fortunately, I have made some adjustments alongside when we put the Avery in. The captain winks and kind of reaches up into the shadows of like the eaves of this particular room and like starts pulling a like metal wheel that is in an inconspicuous place. And we see in like schematic some of the the heating pipes that were heating up the baths reroute themselves. And that the heat, the hot water from that pipe work is now running through in some parts of this room that are unseen and it is starting to be. Yeah, the the wild thing about skyships is because we're in the air and moving forward, uh, you can gather a lot of wind through a pipe 
and then route that wind through pipes in the furnaces. So you can do things like have radiators and whatnot. <laughs> and Nathan was fully on board with it, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, Oromar must have retrofitted this ship to be able to exist in extremely cold temperatures um, because I guess Oromar didn't know where they would have to go in order have to... Have to travel to the ends of the earth for my yeah. goal. So yeah, there's some popping and creaking and groaning, but like hot water is rerouted and eventually the room starts to warm up. Now, uh, I'm... We didn't really get the chance to debrief ourselves after leaving the forest to queen's domain the moment we managed to uh, get to relative safety we had to immediately mourn our dead but now uh now that we have taken stock of the circumstances and young dronet kessler has made an analysis of the sky we are in an interesting circumstance not only are we in an entirely different part of Sphere, far away from Acheron, time has passed. There's a murmuring. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Thanks for being patient with us over our, I guess, holiday break. It wasn't really a celebratory break, but it is a break that I needed, so it happened. We've got some exciting things coming up on the OneShot Network, though. Next week on OneShot, we're going to be airing the first episode of our audition series. We've narrowed the search for my replacement on one shot to five candidates. And for the last stage of the audition, each one of them is going to be producing a series for one shot. They've chosen a game and a cast, including me, to play it with, and will be airing it right on the main feed. After the first few episodes of each series air, we'll put surveys up so listeners can weigh in on who they liked and what they liked about them. I'm really excited about this process, and I hope you join us on the first episode next week. We've got more good news, too. We have just confirmed that Tyler Davis is going to be with us for the Skyjacks live show at Gen Con. With Tyler and Nathan there, I can promise it's going to be an unforgettable show that will have a huge impact on our story and you will want to experience it in person. We still have a few tickets left for Skyjacks Live, so get yours before they sell out completely. And while you're there, sign up for the other OneShot Network events. We've got How to Get Your Friends into RPGs on Thursday at 1. The RPG Game Show, Friday at 3, System Mastery Live, Friday at 4, Illimat with One Shot, Friday at 10 p.m., and Skyjacks Live, Saturday at 7. Also, please, at all One Shot Network events, remember to wear a mask. We recommend that you wear a mask pretty much everywhere at this convention, but especially at our shows. One last thing, heroes. My newest publishing project, Campfire Cards, is about to come out. Campfire Cards is a tool to help your party form deeper character relationships in an easy and fun way. The Ultimate RPG Campfire Card Deck comes out on August 1st. If you haven't already, please put in a pre-order for that product. I'm really trying to make this one a success so I can convince my publisher to make more games. And with your help, I can do that. Just head to bit.ly slash ultimate campfire or bit.ly slash campfire RPG to pre-order your copy today.
A huge thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon. The One Shot Network and Skyjacks in particular would not exist without the support of our patrons. So if you like what you hear, please head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and sign up to support us. We should have some new rewards coming your way soon, like a new episode of Chubo's Marvelous Wish Granting Engine and a Between Seasons world building episode for Star Wall. You get all that and more for signing up for $5 a month. Thanks to everyone who supports us already and everyone who will support us in the future. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Time has passed. There's a murmuring. You may have noticed, but under the current circumstances, you maybe put it out of your head that your hair is longer. So, oh, yeah. hey, we didn't we didn't know of uh, the finer details of that weird little lore tidbit of like, oh, everybody's hair has slightly changed when we woke Great. up in the forest domain. But now it oh, maybe makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, Ooh. no, of course. You're absolutely right. That is something that, okay. Yeah, and apparently this was just a hair thing. Everybody's nails and toenails are kind of you like know. Let's not make it weird. Let's not make it weird. Doesn't need. Let's not make it fully anatomically correct. Uh, Your muscles have wasted a, a, a away. Picture, a, a picture in picture. I mean, genuinely, I, I, there, there is clearly some magic that must have gone on with the forest queen being able to sustain our bodies mm. during this period mm. of time in the interim. Because obviously, if everybody withered away and died while asleep, then she doesn't get to have any of the fun that she would have had otherwise. Yeah. Um, so we were maintained, but clearly, you know, uh, some bits. Maybe it was even intentionally left. So if we did manage to escape, we would realize our circumstances and truly despair. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And I am now realizing that all of those places where everybody woke up were specifically grown, you know, mm. like it took mm -hmm. the full year of, of growth in the Queen's Forest to set all that up. Truly wild. Don't. She's very petty. <laughs> don't upset the Forest Queen. Oh, yeah, yeah. It has been. Yeah, remember Alpha 5 really upset <laughs> over that one. Aye, aye, aye. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, perfect. Does this make me Zordon? Oh, dear. Uh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, you're one of the teens with attitude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, goodness. Um, it has been an entire year that we were in the Forest Queen's domain. For some reason, she managed to sustain us, keep us alive during that period of time where we were asleep, dreaming. I'm not sure what she did or how she kept us away like that, but the skies don't lie. It's nighttime right now. It was evening previously, so yeah, it's probably nighttime now. Yeah. Uh, what? stars are in the sky a year later or actually they'll be the same ones we this saw is... last night right yeah well actually mm. liz i'm gonna i'm gonna give you this one it's nighttime we've emerged at like one of the far polar corners of the world the sun is out 
Yes. It's <laughs> excellent. We're that it's that kind mm. of nighttime Midnight where the sun, sun is just like kind of broadly circling in That's the sky. That's my bounty. Yeah. Zero worries. In a great uh-huh. mood. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, does uh, does Gable get a bit of a power up as long as? <laughs> hey, sun's out. My my my, my guns, guns out. out. Yeah, <laughs> we all went to the same place. Just uh-huh, then. Uh-huh. I mean, I've seen the fan art of Gable. It's not a lie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess uh, Oromar lets the fact that time has passed, and then Wendell, we we have to. We have to go. We we've got to we got to get the ship moving. I agree, but we have spent so much of our resources being able to go at full tilt to escape the Forest Queen's domain. We're dwindling and we need to find resources. I think Wendell like Wendell breaks something. Wendell just like turns around and you know, is super strong. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like just smashes his fist into a box of cargo and it just like splinters and whatever cargo is inside rolls out. Uh, Gable and Noto's sort of like lock eyes and take point on either side of him just to sort of whisper in his ear, talk him down a little bit. Uh, Wendell, Wendell, it's, it's, I can't say that it's okay, but we're, we're going to get through this. Okay. We, we, there are, we need to shore up the ship first and then we can go about checking in on on people that we all need to check in on. There's a list of people that Oromar would want to kind of highlight as people we need to speak to, but all just even thinking about them is causing a mild amount of panic, and he keeps his mouth shut. Wendell, like, I think retreats into himself. There is silence uh, that weighs heavily around him. He has let out his anger in the way that he knows that he can. And now he is focusing all of the strength and power that he has within and around his being to keep the rest of that anger contained so that it does not harm anyone around him. But Wendell is the only one who has such restraint. There are other members of the crew who are some panicked some angry, some confused, some sad and despairing. The room once again threatens to fall into a murmuring chaos. Arma, not hard, but firmly wraps his knuckles on the heart bell. Yep. There is the light reverberation that is not a full bell ring that, like, rolls across the room. It is cold, we are hungry and tired, and we need to do all that we can to survive. All of you, through skill and determination and some of the strongest camaraderie I have had in my time in the air, have managed to survive the Forest Queen, and we will survive this also. Before we can continue on and meet with our other affairs we need to make sure that we are in good position to do so foolhardy action now will only put us in danger and i will not have you put in danger unnecessarily again at least not for now he says as as quietly aside (laughs) of what one child who's sitting at your feet goes like what (laughs) 
we see we see Orimar like kind of like in a close up, turn to the side, at least not for now, and the camera just very Directly slightly pans. Face. <laughs> yeah. What that? The captain winks at this child. What? I just got on this ship. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. What? <laughs> I shouldn't have sat here. I'll sit in the back. <laughs> Why would you put a stool so close up if, if there weren't for the people that wanted to be it's my fault. close to the action? S- sitting up front this is never is... the good idea. That's the audience interaction spot. This is splash zone. <laughs> All this does is make me think of like Arnold in Magic School Bus, where he's like the only person aware <laughs> that the person in charge of the ship is an absolute nightmare. Yes. <laughs> oh. uh, Gable, everybody knows who you are, so I don't need to address you by your Hello. role. <laughs> uh, Gable has assured us that there is a place that we can land and take stock of uh, the situation and hopefully find supplies and from there we will chart our course down to the next major town and hopefully we can get some missives out via couriers or by other means if I may I'm fairly certain that the location we're going is abandoned it may have stores it may not I would encourage myself and anyone who cared to do a sort of a perusal. We're going to land. We're going to look around. We're going to make sure that it is unoccupied by polar bears. I'm, I don't know. I'm stuck on the polar bears. I just feel like <laughs> that would be the scariest thing to see. But don't your expectations should be low for the Saratora that we're going to be landing and just manage those as much as you can. There is another rumbling through the ship. Abandoned. Saratora. Saratora. Unoccupied, closed, doesn't open again after having been. How do you? How do you know that it's abandoned? Because you they're all abandoned. Oh uh, well, I mean that you're very confident. Uh, how did? What was your experience? How do you know it's there? I know. I I know that Saraturas were a thing of the past, and it. I know that one exists, and I know that it. It doesn't have activity now. Actually, I don't know that. I'm going to loosen my confidence and say maybe not. Maybe it's a full city now. And then we won't be able to land. And then it'll be your fault. Oh, man, <laughs> me and my big mouth. Yeah. <laughs> we, all should, big... we all should think about what we say. Yeah, yes, this is... you absolutely jinxed it. You don't yeah, want to every... end up like Big Mouth Barry, for sure. Yeah, 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 that's me. I'm Big Mouth Barry. Somehow been quiet for four years. But finally speaking up. <laughs> and already you put a foot in your big mouth. Yeah, I'm just gonna get back to uh the aviary where I sleep. <laughs> Every time we chastise Big Mouth Barry, he learns his lesson until he opens his big mouth again. Yeah, and this is good such bullying. Is the curse. This is the bullying that is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Jane stands up from the crowd. Uh, if I may, and I know that nobody planned for what we just went through, what's the plan? Jonet kind of uh, coasts. Mostly, it's just to, uh, under, <clears throat> under current circumstances, it is just to make sure that we are in a position to proceed after the after going at full pelt for a full day if we decided to keep pushing the ship further without maintenance we may run into some issue uh fortunately Jonet kessler does have a good understanding of where we are and so being able to plan out our route from here should be uh straightforward 
assuming that nothing especially major has happened in the last year. Why'd you say that? <laughs> that wasn't an aside. That was a genuine concern. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, I, I understand that right now we just want to resupply, and that's great. The Uhuru has been out of the sky for a year. Probably a lot of enemies and, I think, friends think that we are not around anymore. Indeed. That's something that we can take advantage of, right? True. Uh, on the flip side of um, our dearest maybe having concern about our whereabouts, uh, those who would rather do us harm uh, would not be expecting our return. Although, I will be candid. I do not want to envision a full year of the Red Feathers being able to do what they like. I sincerely hope that the impact we've had on Sphere has encouraged others to pick up the mantle in our absence. But if not, we have a lot of work to do. Well, I mean, that's just the thing. Like, obviously, we have to get Wendell back to his family. And, you know, I can't speak for anyone else on the ship who, who might need to attend to business. But whatever move we make next... That'll probably let everyone know that the Uhuru still flies. So, I guess, Captain, I want to know what we're going to do. Ooh. Okay. Uh, just to check that I'm using the right word. Biannual is twice a year, right? Not every other year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think like because I know bi-weekly can mean hole. both. Mm. Yeah, bi-weekly mm. can mean both. I think twice a year is technically semi-annual. Um, okay, but I, I let's just let's know. just not use the word at all. It's fine. <laughs> biennial. Well, we... That might be it. <laughs> it might. It might literally be biennial. I don't know. Biennial. Okay. Victoria's marvelous. Secret um, semi-annual sale happens twice a year. We'll we'll get a tweet about it either way. So let's not fear. Ask for forgiveness, not for permission. Um, I think it's by Shrek-Shuel. Okay. But- <laughs> great, 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 great. That's where you like uh, yeah. both forms of Shrek, the ogre form and the human form. That means I love Shrek there are def- as he is. <laughs> there are definitely some people who I know <laughs> who are that. Anyway. Um <laughs> I have been keeping, uh, since my leave of the Red Feathers, I have been keeping a tab on their regular events. Uh, setting aside their forays into other matters, they are traditionalists at heart, and there are some things that they just cannot give up on. And once every two years, there is an, uh, well... I would probably say an election process. Other people would say a opportunity to have a hobnobbing banquet. Either way, it's a massive event. And if it's only been a year, it's going to be happening soon. We might have an opportunity to send a message. I cannot express uh, how much uh, this was not a planned thing that this is just something that Nathan came up with in this moment. Uh, and also how much I dearly love everything that was just said. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Uh, uh, Gable raises a hand. Is this a masquerade? Is it the masquerade? Are you talking about the masquerade? I think the captain smiles too wide rather than answering. He just grins. And you've never seen him smile like this. <laughs> uh, Gable just uh, puts their heads in their head in their hands, just Oh no. The The Masquerade, like, is that uh, like is that like where they hang on, uh out of game. Like mm-hmm. what would they what would what would be the uh, election? Like what are they electing? Like man, I, fuck! I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, that's actually that's in game. That's in game. Like, wait, the masquerade? Like what? What are what are we elect? Uh, what are we uh, celebrating? What's the election? Who? What sort of important monumentous occasion is happening within the Red Feather Syndicate? There is a, a regular turnover of power within the Red Feathers. You know that they love nothing more than acquiring power just to have it. In some ways, it might just be a nominal thing to say that you have been uh, elected the the apex of the Red Feathers. Who knows what actual power that confers, but just to have that title, someone, some men would kill. Some men have done worse than kill. But when you're wearing a mask, you can get away with a lot. Uh I think uh Jonnet we see the 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 cogs turning in Jonnet's head and we see him get a like a very we see the the very little that we can see of Jonnet in the captain's cloak but we <laughs> see the little remnant of face that we can see uh get a little bit of a smirk he's like wow we can we could really uh surprise folks Once we're restocked, once we're back to normal, the Uhuru is going to be doing something absolutely legendary. Outside of coming back from the dead? Come on! Hands <laughs> John, in John, like offers a head. high five to anyone. Come on! Absolutely. The- Just proper. <laughs> <laughs> Just- <laughs> oh, With the thousand-yard that- stare of... Because I feel like Ormar's talked about this before, like before he mm. died, and everyone's just like, mm. okay, sure, sure, whatever you say. Mm. It's it's like uh, a phrase that you use, like, you might as well, mm. you might as well invade the masquerade as something ha. that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was like, oh, that's like a year and a half away. He'll get it out of his system before then. There'll be other pressing matters yeah. and he won't be able to make it. Ormar walks around with like a dream diary and a to-do list. And whenever like people are like, was that the was that the to-do list that he had that in? That couldn't be no. the to-do list. That was the dream diary, right? It must we have been. We were just been. talking. We were just having fun. <laughs> I think there was maybe one moment where Jonnet was kind of like poking around uh, the 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 captain's office and like came across like a drawing, like a back at like paper napkin drawing of like the the captain's 
dream mask that he would wear if he ever mm-hmm. got an opportunity. And it was like, oh man, this is this is involved. He's not. <laughs> he's not. There's no way. There's Where no would way. you get the materials? There's... Where'd you get this much brass? No. no. It's very no. heavy. <laughs> we'll be able to yeah. move it. <laughs> um, I, I, I love the idea of there being bronze filigree of part of whatever. Yeah, absurd outfits we are wearing to this thing. <laughs> Can, cannot cannot wait to to reach that point. Mm-hmm. But I will say, as the idea of not attending, but invading the masquerade, of making a statement upon the stage held by the Red Feather Syndicates, uh, to be more sacred than almost any other, the thoughts that they have of losing a year the thoughts of loved ones far away who don't know if they breathe or live the thoughts of enemies who sit sleeping comfortably thinking they are dead we hear the ringing of a bell of one of the those still left in the crow's nest on the ship while the meeting deliberates in the heart of the ship a bell signifying that something has been sighted. Outside of the belly of the ship, out in the skies surrounding, we can see a world of tundra that is marked with rocky stretches of blackness, that far, far out on the horizon, there is an iced-over collection of buildings that are shining underneath the sun that circles ever slowly in the sky during what is summer for this region. Which, goodness, I do now realize how very dangerous a world where the seasons shift uncontrollably is if you are in an Arctic region of that world. Mm. And perhaps I'll be addressing that next session. Ah, someone just got an idea. (laughs) The Uhuru has sighted that thing. Then, elsewhere, back on the ship, we, we can see, like, I think we shift back, we see the back of the Uhuru as it steadily makes its way towards this settlement that is uh, just shortly in the distance. Uh, we cut back and zip around down to the captain's quarters, uh, where we we come inside the window, which is now frosted over uh, through the, the cold outside and we look around the room of the captain's quarters and we see his bookshelf that is just standing stately on the wall and then there is a thumping a thumping as though someone or something is working very hard to move something on the bookshelf and cannot quite summon up the power There's another thumping and another that is getting stronger and stronger, Uh, like moving out from this thumping bookshelf. We can see that underneath the bookshelf, uh, mixed in with the curiosities and curios of uh, the collection of Oromar Vale, um, left there by what could only be the deft hand of someone who has had to steal to live for a very long time, as it was left there without any ceremony and without notice of someone who keeps very good track of all of his things, is a heart. 
a pale heart that has been drained of its blood, that is beating. Once more there is a thump on the bookshelf, as the ghost of Dreff Wormwood uses its strength to dislodge a book from the shelf. It tumbles onto the ground and falls open. We can see that this book is very, very old, bound in a sickeningly smooth leather. Its yellowed pages have the script of a mind that is somewhat unhinged, a mind that once ran the very prison the Uhuru now moves towards. Perhaps its words will be read after all. Then finally, it's never gonna fucking finally, it's never gonna we move <laughs> once more through the ship, down through the floorboards, close to where the meeting is occurring, into the crew's quarters. And we can see the small area that Jonet Kessler has carved out for himself on this ship by one of the portholes. And we can see Jonet Kessler's like possessions that he has stashed away. And flitting through the air is a feather that sticks itself amongst these possessions with familiar handwriting that we know to be from the hand of Zana Kessler. And that is our episode. Never going to read it. Never going to read that book. <laughs> never going to read anything. Never going to read it. 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 <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's stop recording, yeah. We once again uh, return to the Skyship Uhuru, which has a long line of prospective applicants looking to join the crew of pirates. We see somebody walk off that line and present uh, the desk with a headshot and resume. What does this person look like? Uh, This person is kind of a shortish woman. She's got a short haircut, wearing a a series of cravats around her neck. a big puffy leather jacket with a fur-lined collar uh, and high boots and it just has a very jaunty air and is very, like, comes up very strongly, puts her resume down and goes, Hello, all. How's it going? Uh, yes. Well, well, welcome. Uh, thank you for submitting your application, Miss... Uh... Air heart, like an ear in your heart, so you can listen for what it's telling you. Wait, you said air heart, like an ear heart? Air heart, like an air. Like you've got two airs on the side of your head. Uh, okay, alright. I believe we might be dealing with an accent. Hello, I'm (laughs) Eleanor Roosevelt, the previously unnamed member of the audition review team and I'm here to make a decision about this fine young woman here today. I feel Eleanor. like I know you in some way or another. But who knows where I am in my timeline? <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to tell what's going on right now. 
<laughs> Amelia, <laughs> Eleanor, please. We have a job to do. Now, Amelia, yes. um, you are, you're here um, yes. on the ship uh, for an interview. I did notice that we were not pulled into any kind of port or docked. Um, mm-hmm. You sort of, uh, you, you seem to parachute uh, down onto the ship that was currently in the air from kind of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who are you and what are you doing here? My name is Amelia Earhart. I'm an aviatress. I get into planes and I go from one place to the other with speed and aplomb. What's a plane? I, a yeah. plane. Yeah, not, not sure. An aeroplane, a flying machine, a it's fabulous It's how I take my yogurt. Oh, you're... Huh? <laughs> You, you wait. Sorry, hold on. Uh, I take it plain. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Eleanor. Eleanor. Thank you, Eleanor. Appreciate <laughs> it. Um, so, a, a flying machine. So, you mean a skyship then? Oh, whatever you want to call it, I can fly it. <laughs> you can. I mean, flying skyships is actually a particularly uh, uncommon skill. Um, we we do we do have a pilot. Uh, they they are quite currently busy, I believe, looking at rocks. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, mm. I'm sure once they're suspicious done, suspicious rocks. Yes, I don't like places. rocks. Rocks mean land, which means I've landed, and I'd love to be in the sky. Of course. Oh, well, when was the Whimsical. last time that you were on land? It's so funny. My my memory is a bit hazy these days. I was taking a transatlantic flight from one from the Americas to Europe, and then something. Terrible, terribly strange happened to me. My mind went fuzzy, and my plane felt like it was going down. And then I was surrounded by crabs, big old crabs. <laughs> and now I'm here. Wait, wait. What? I want to track back hey. to the the crab situation. I was yeah, surrounded by you, big old crabs. <laughs> in like leaning out of a porthole and looking up in the sky because you parachute down, right? You, yes. Uh-huh. So. I mean, sky crabs are both a plausible and terrifying concern. Let me clarify. (laughs) In this story that I'm spinning, I was landed on an island surrounded by crabs. And then I saw the crabs. The crabs came up to me. They were large crabs, big as coconut crabs, I believe. And the crabs came up to me. And then all of a sudden, I was in a different reality. Now I'm here. Amelia Earhart. So... Wait, okay. You were in was was were these these crabs were large like big old crabs coconut crabs tr- trucks, what I've been truck told sized crabs or uh, coconut crabs okay as size this, as big as a coconut that's right, why they call right, coconut right. crabs yes uh, so and the, it like impacted with you or was it flying at you like a thrown coconut crab there were a lot of crabs I cannot emphasize how many crabs there were hundreds well, of crabs now, now this uh, this reminds Amelia. me of how I found my way to this ship you see I was out dining with with my uh, Friends of my late husband, the President of the United States, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And what? I was eating with his friends, and they, they, they took me out to this wonderful buffet. And I, I went to the buffet, and, and they had a lot of seafood options. And some of the seafood options were crabs. Huge crabs. <laughs> Coconut crabs, I believe they were. The size of, well, coconuts, you might say. And I indulged in some of these crabs, and before you knew it, I was in another world. And then See, I joined okay. this ship here so I could See. consult on who they hire. Okay. All right. Now that, that, all right, there is a through line there. But the thing is, 
Amelia came to the ship by via parachute. Eleanor, you you showed up on the ship by uh, punching a hole through the bottom of the our lowest floorboard and crawling your way up. That's uh, right, crap. Yeah, like a scene crab. from The Ring. <laughs> I I think that everyone's having fun with me. I cannot emphasize enough that my cause of departing this world was being eaten by crabs. That is what occurred to me. It's not that we're Amelia not. It's not that we're having fun. It's just that I'm trying to track the logic of this. You went on a flight. You mm-hmm. you piloted your plane. It sounds like, and this is you... my heaven because I passed away on that island. But it's also feeling like you you piloted a plane yes. that you then lost control of and crashed. All right. And your immediate next uh, action is to get another job. You should go to a hospital. You should go to a hospital. You should see a medic. I don't know. I'm just in the sky, and that's this all that I This woman is an American hero. She needs to be working a job. That's what oh. we value most. All right. That well, guns. Uh, <laughs> Eleanor, it, Eleanor is clearly, it sounds like you are a yes. There is some kind of connection between you two. I cannot Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, uh, wink, okay. wink. Okay. What? All right, all right. These votes, <laughs> and as we all know, Eleanor's vote counts for five votes. So, I mean, it really right. doesn't even matter what I say because <laughs> Eleanor and I we often disagree, and you out, usually win. Voted, yeah. Uh, this this does make me very con- concerned for the future of additional people being whisked away <laughs> to our world via crab, and uh, maybe considering themselves to be. A legendary hero reincarnated in our space, which would get rather crowded after the third or fourth. So, which is the president the of your now. United States? And he's he's saying just the right things. Mm. <laughs> you know, I I I have my reservations, but also uh, Eleanor, uh, I leave you to ca- officially cast your vote. And you know, you know, th- we've been doing this for a while, so go ahead, do the thing. Well, Amelia, I'd like to welcome you aboard. And then bid you all adieu, I'm going to be taking my crew members very far away to another place where we're not likely to encounter them again. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Farewell. Uh, See see you next uh, next summer holiday. Uh, Later. (laughs) Amelia falls into crabs. (laughs) 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 She's just a pile of crabs. Quick, get the mallet. Get the butter. What crab Sakai anime this is. Goodness. Oh, my God. Crabs. It's I a crab, crab reincarnated crab. in another crab. world that thinks it's Amelia Earhart because it ate her brain on the island. Oh, you don't find that out. We, we the find season. that like at the end of episode mm-hmm. eleven in the twelve episode series. Yeah. I read that light mm-hmm. novel. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. You can stream his short film, Lining, on the Roku app. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Bill Buds. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts ENT. 
or streaming at twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at Dreams to Become or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Lunarum. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky